Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Stand to our feet. Let's go to the reading of the word here this morning as we continue on in our apocalypse series. Oh boy, this has been good, friends. This has been good. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God whose eyes are like flame of fire, flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance, and I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching, deeper truths as they call them, depths of Satan, actually, I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone who anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Tyrone. That was awesome. I get the great privilege to talk about Thyatira. Everybody say Thyatira. It's kind of a mouthful. I have practiced saying it so that I could do it well. Um, would you mind joining me in prayer just for a moment, just because I need it? Is that okay? Jesus, I just want to thank you um, that you would allow me to be your mouthpiece this morning. God, would you speak what you want to speak, and would you open our hearts to hear what you want to say? And Lord, I ask that um, you would raise up the prophets in here. God, that you would help us as a church to raise up the next generation of prophets and kings and priests, Jesus, that you would anoint this church to be a church um, that releases that. In Jesus' name, amen. That was not planned. But, hey, I'm Amy. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm so glad that you are with us this morning. Um, I'm going to recap because, man, some of you have missed our series. You haven't been here the whole journey with us as we've been journeying through Revelations. We've been going through the letters to the churches. And who is the writer of that? Does anybody know? 
John. Basically, John is the only living disciple. He is on the island of Patmos because he won't die. Um, They've tried to kill him multiple times um, in many ways, but he won't die. So they have put him on this prison island where he's at, and Jesus comes to him in a vision, and he begins to tell him these things that he writes down for the seven churches. Now, these letters are for the seven churches meant to be spoken out by the angels of those churches, which we have, and we see that in, I'm sorry, my mic is kind of freaking out. Am I doing something weird, Louie? Just let me know. Does anybody hear that, or is it just, am I crazy? Okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit crazy, right? So these seven churches are getting these letters, and it's going to be given to basically the pastors. In Revelations 1, it talks about the angels who are messengers. Um, it's referring to the pastors of these churches. And so these pastors are going to be reading these letters into these seven churches. So um, just recapping again, we've got these seven letters to these seven churches, and they're for them specifically, but they're also for us. So they're written to these churches for the greater body of Christ. So they matter to us. They're important to us. And it's good to know, too, that these letters were written 65 years after Jesus's death and resurrection. That means people that saw Jesus were still alive, including John. Do I need to switch a mic? Just let me know. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Thank you so much. And in these letters um, that are not just to these churches, but also for us, there is an accommodation, which is a like, hey, you're doing really good. And there's a correction, which is a warning and a, boy, you're really not so hot at this one thing, Um, an instruction and a promise. Um, But there are two churches that don't have a correction. Wouldn't you like to be that church that didn't end up with that correction? That would be so nice. But that's kind of the format of this. Um, And man, hasn't it been so good to listen to John Mark and and Pastor Tyrone as they speak? I'm just going to tell you right now, like I, John Mark bring a picture of his beautiful bride. I don't have a picture of Tyrone today. I hope you can forgive me. And he's saying you've lost that love and feeling. I might not sing, I don't have John Mark's voice, Uh, but Tyrone also brought a great message to us too, several truth bombs, and I hope that I can also bring the word to you about Thyatira. So we're going to take a look right at Revelations 2, 21 through 20. I know that it was already read for us, but let's like kind of go by it line by line, okay? Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. We already talked about the angels being basically the pastors. This is the message from the Son of God whose eyes are like flames of fire. I find it really interesting here that he starts right off with, my eyes are like flames of fire. Fire purifies, fire um, is consuming. And so it's, you know, every part of these letters is specifically for this church, It's very intentional what is being said. And so what he's saying is like, my church needs to be purified. He's saying that. And then he says, whose feet are like polished bronze, which to you guys might be like not so interesting, but it is interesting because in Thyatira, they had a big bronze trade. Thyatira was like a town kind of like ours, like Phoenix, nothing really special. It's not like anybody discovered gold in Thyatira. You know, it's not Las Vegas. Um, It's not crazy, Um, but it's pretty normal. But it does have this really interesting feature in that it has 
incredible pH in their water. I don't know why, I mean, it's great drinking water, but it was also great to dye fabrics. So a lot of fabric was coming out of Thyatira. Purple, blues, just looked so much better. Um, and side note, Lydia, if you're familiar with Acts, Lydia, who is a woman who had a house church, who Paul commissioned as a woman with a house church, just saying, that's a little side note too, she comes from Thyatira. She had a huge purple fabric trade herself. So it just gives you a little bit of background. So we'll move on. I know all the things that you've done. How many of you would be like, oh, that's kind of scary? <laughs> a little bit. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance. Come on. And I can see your consistent improvement in all these things. In some versions, it says, you're doing better than you did in the beginning. That's a great accommodation. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but even though these letters were written specifically to that church, every one of the seven churches heard all of the letters. I'm just wondering if Ephesus was a little jealous. Because <laughs> Ephesus was doing worse than when they started. But Thyatira is doing better than when they started. How many of you guys can say that about anything in your life right now? Oh, it's better. I hope you can. I really do. I hope you can. I hope you can say that about your relationship with Jesus, that we're not just looking back and saying, oh, man, I was passionate about him when I first got saved, but now it's kind of like so-so, right? But these people were doing better in their faith, their service, their patience, and their love, and their faith. But he goes on to say this. Sorry. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting or allowing, another word is uh, allowing or tolerating that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. Key word here is servants. She's not leading unsaved people away. She's leading people in the church. So these are my servants. These are my followers that are being deceived. This is a problem in the church. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offers by idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to repent or turn away from her immorality. Another key thing to know, hey, Ty, would you bring my, my water? I'm the only one that's allowed to call him Ty, by the way. I'm just saying, he doesn't like it, but I call him that. Um, I'm going to take a sip. Is that cool? I hear my saliva. is like my biggest pet peeve. In fact, when I'm listening to the radio, if people are talking and you can hear their saliva, I'm like, oh, we're done. <laughs> I'm like, it's off. Does anybody else have that? I think it's called something. Like, I hate hearing people's saliva. Okay, so here we are in Thyatira. Little back, backdrop of Thyatira, right? They actually had several different trades, and they had guilds, kind of like we have unions. And so in these guilds, they would throw these massive parties, um, not quite like your Christmas party at work where you're supposed to go, you're obligated to say hi to everybody. A little bit different because you didn't just attend, you had to participate. The problem was that these parties and these guilds would hold, these parties would basically be orgies, sexual immorality and worship to the god Apollos. And so for these Christians, if they didn't go to these parties, they would be kicked out of their guild and lose their income completely. But if they, they couldn't just go to the, you know how you say, just go to the party, don't participate. No, you were supposed to participate. So there was no middle ground there. 
So what's going on here is that this woman or this spirit, Jezebel, is saying, hey, you can go to these parties. And she begins to twist scripture, different scriptures, to tell them that it's okay what they're doing and that they can still be followers of Christ and do it. That's what's going on here. Just giving you a little bit of background here. But there are still some people in the church in Thyatira that are like, no. And they've lost their source of income because they've chosen not to be a part of this guild. It's kind of crazy. So that sets you up. Um, and I'm going to do a lot of talking about Jezebel. Everybody say Jezebel. If you've grown up in the church for any amount of time, you've probably heard that name. Usually describing a woman that we don't like which is a big pet peeve of mine, right? But John here is speaking of imagery. When he speaks about Jezebel, this is imagery that he's trying to pull up. It's, is Jezebel resurrected from the dead and all of a sudden, you know, from First Kings, now she's in Thyatira? Probably not. Um, so this woman who was stirring this up, this false prophet, was probably not Jezebel. She probably had a different name, but he's trying to speak to a spirit, an attitude. And that's what I want to address here. And so, you know, in a, or some of you know, some of you don't. If you're new to church, maybe you don't know Ephesians 6 that talks about our battle not being against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the principalities of our dark age. And I'm going to share with you a little silly something. Do you see my commando man? He sits in my bathroom <laughs> to remind me that I don't fight flesh. Um, and when I go in the bathroom, I'm reminded to pray. But here's the funny thing. It's not necessarily so I'm reminded that I don't find flesh like other people, but so that I remember in my marriage to fight in prayer with Tyrone more than I fight with him in person. So this is just a little bit that I'm talking about. So it's better for us not to fight with flesh, but to fight with the spirit. And Jezebel, this is a Jezebel spirit that we are talking about. She was a person who lived in the Old Testament. And many people here um, that he's talking to understand this spirit. This is a spirit that has a doorway through insecurity, inferiority, and father wounds. I wish I could go a little bit deeper in that, but we're just gonna we're just gonna set right there. The doorway is insecurity, inferiority, and father wounds. And I'm gonna say, even though you have heard multiple times Jezebel being called a promiscuous woman, a woman who has a low-cut shirt, or even a woman who's a little bit bossy, is all of a sudden Jezebel. That is not what a Jezebel spirit is. In fact, I've seen mostly men operate in a Jezebel spirit. So the Jezebel spirit is not male or female. It's not a gender. What it is, is immorality and idolatry manifesting through this spirit, using prophetic words and scripture to make it possible. So we need to pay attention to this here in America because this is happening. It is happening in our churches. In, and we are deceived in a lot of ways. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but it also causes intense suffering, physical suffering and sickness. And we'll, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But you have to remember Thyatira and all of the churches for 35 years were already facing intense persecution and suffering. So now that they have this Jezebel spirit, they're experiencing even greater suffering that's unnecessary 
And can I just challenge you? Maybe you're experiencing unnecessary suffering because you're allowing this spirit in your life or someone in your life to have this spirit. So like I said, they, this is an imagery, and we all have imageries. Names go with imageries. And I was thinking about a few names. Why are they always women? I'm just, like, why do we always use women, right? Delilah's been one of those, those imageries that we use. Um, another one you might not be familiar with, depending on what generation you're with, but Lolita or Lola. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that are in that generation. Okay, now I'm coming up to the younger generation. Okay, Felicia and Karen, right? They, we're not talking about a person. We're talking about a spirit, right? And that's the similar thing with Jezebel. The problem for us is that we've not seen Jezebel. Like, they understand right away, like, this is what Jezebel is, but we've gotten really confused as to what Jezebel is. And so I'm really going to want to, like, lay it out for you so that we in the church know what we're dealing with, we know how not to tolerate it, and how not to open the door in our life to this spirit. So we're going to be really simple. We're going to go with the who, what, when, where, and how. How does that sound? Yeah, let's just break it down. Let's do that. So we're going to start with number one. Who does this spirit affect? This is a good question to think about. Um, It affects everybody, but it goes after leaders. And so today, and I know I'm like speaking to all of you, but I'm speaking to our leadership team. If you are running a ministry in any way, I want you to pay attention. Because this is so important for us. It goes after heads of household. Anyone in leadership over people, people leading not just pastors and overseers of ministry, but we also see the physical woman Jezebel in 1 Kings goes after the truth speakers, the prophets. She tries to get rid of them in the Old Testament. We can see that, um, like as I said before, these, these letters specifically were written to the pastor. So he's writing this to this pastor and he's saying, like, don't permit this woman. Don't allow this spirit. And I want to encourage you, leaders, as you listen to this, as you hear this, um, to remember uh, Revelations 1, where it says that Jesus holds you. He holds the stars in his right hand. And the stars, he's talking about his angels, his pastors. He holds the stars in his right hand. There's another place that it says that in Daniel 12, 3, another apocalyptic um, verse. Those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever and ever. You're his stars, and he holds you in his right hand. I'm just going to speak this to our leaders, and if you're a leader in ministry uh, or leader of your household, he holds leaders in his right hand, which means he protects you, which means his favor is upon you, which means he loves you, which also means he gives you his authority because it's his right hand that you're in. And you are an instrument to do his will. Be encouraged that though this spirit may come against you, you are in the Lord's right hand hand, in the Lord's right hand. The Spirit often goes after leaders because they have anointing, resources, and influence. Really, it translates into they want respect, power, fame, and, uh, sorry, fame and popularity, right? Anointing to them represents respect. Um, And resources represent money or power. And influence represents fame or popularity. And these are warning signs for all of us. When I desire respect, when I desire power, that is a doorway to the oppressive spirit of the Jezebel spirit. 
is a doorway. So those are indicators, things for us to be aware of. And that's why I love what Pastor Tyrone says. We need to stay humble and we need to stay hungry. Those two things guard against that. Oh, I'm ty- I'm, I'm, I tried Tyrone's way. I'm going to go back to my way. So a good leader chooses, and I'm talking about good leader, whether you're in the secular or you're in the sacred world. And I don't think there's a dividing line. When you're a leader, you're a leader. A good leader seeks to advance the kingdom of God instead of their own agenda. Those are the leaders to look for. But even more so, if you want a great leader, look for a leader that advances the kingdom of God at the cost of their own personal advancement. That is a leader you want to follow for life. Look for those leaders. So let's move on to number two, which is what is the Jezebel spirit? What is she exactly? What does she do? I do hate that it's a she because, again, most of the people, it's neither male nor female. Most of the people I've dealt with are male, okay? What is the Jezebel spirit? A Jezebel spirit is a controlling spirit. It's a controlling spirit. In fact, the Greek, if you look up um, in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, I still have mine from when I was 18. I asked for it for Easter. It's a silly side note. But I was like, Mom, I don't want a dress. I want a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance for for Easter because I'm weird like that. Anyways, it is literally a synonym for false prophet, truth twister. And why does the truth get twisted? To control the outcome to be what they want it to be. Anytime that I'm controlling the outcome to be what I want it to be, that is dangerous. And you see that in 1 Kings. The person, Jezebel, actually wanted to help her husband get a garden. He wanted a garden. The person said no. So Jezebel gathers this big banquet, invites the person that owns the the garden, and says, hey, it's a vineyard, basically. Hey, you know what, guys? Make sure that he, he blasphemes so that under the law I can kill him and take his garden. Well, Naboth didn't. Naboth, the owner of the garden, the vineyard, he didn't blaspheme. So then they made up or exaggerated something he would say, to make it so that he blasphemed so that she could kill him and take his garden. That's a manipulative spirit and a great example. Okay, you want to talk about control? You know who struggles with control? Toddlers and teenagers. They are a fantastic example of the Jezebel spirit. I'm like, I cast that devil spirit out of my children. But they're a great example of that because in that developmental season, they struggle for control. And teenagers are, man, they're just toddlers in adult bodies. It's, it's, I'm learning that. And, you know, teenagers say the meanest things when they want something that you're not giving them. If you do not have a teenager, you're missing out. (laughs) You are missing out. And I love that Tyrone reminded me of his ultimate favorite movie, which is Dan in Real Life. If you haven't heard of it, I'm going to describe an incredible epic scene of Dan in Real Life. See, Dan has three teenager daughters, and he's single. And they're, they're on vacation, and one of his daughters invites her boyfriend. And he is, just like any good dad, telling this young man that he's going to leave. He's not going to be spending the night at the house with his daughter. Good dad, right? Well, she is screaming, throwing a fit, laying on the ground. I mean, like toddler and teenager body, right? And so finally, he's staying strong, and she screams out her last thing before she runs off. You are a murderer of love! (laughs) 
Teenagers will do whatever it takes to get what they want. I think later they apologize, but we got to train it out of them. And toddlers are so good at it, they don't even have any shame. If they want something, they just take it. That's just what they do. And they are so shameless. Man, I have had some of the worst things said to me by my toddler. My kids are in here. They're listening. Okay. One time, I didn't allow Jaden to do something. She looked right at me, and she says, you look ugly today, Mommy. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. <laughs> and Jude, I think, I, he's like, if you're going to make me brush my teeth, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> if you have a toddler, you have heard some of these things, right? It's kind of manipulation and you have to train it out of them. And they have no shame. If they want a piece of candy, they're going to lay on the ground and scream until you give them a piece of candy no matter where you're at. Especially in a grocery store (laughs) where it gets lots of attention. And part of the reason is they haven't learned yet to trust mom. That she has what's best for them. That she loves and cares for them. And that is the way the Jezebel spirit is as well. The Jezebel spirit doesn't trust God to give them what they want, so they take it themselves, just like a toddler or a teenager, by any means possible through anybody that's in their way. That's why it's such a dangerous spirit. They often care a lot about title and recognition because title and recognition gives them control over people. Can I just side note, I love our leaders. I love the leadership team that I serve with because they don't care about titles. This is one of the best leadership teams that I have served with, and I love them because they just are here to serve. Now, I've heard that before from people who say that they're just here to serve and they're just here to serve themselves. Um, And so you need to look for the follow-through and the action that they serve without any benefit unto themselves. And that's our leadership team. So let me just brag on our leadership team. But the Jezebel spirit twists truth. She twists truth or they twist truth to get what they want. And sometimes I even believe, I think they believe some of the twisted truth that they have in their lives. Um, and so that means if they're going to twist truth, they got to silence all the truth speakers, which is why they go after the prophets so hard. And they silence them by intimidation, manipulation, and spiritual manipulation. And the big one here and the key when you're recognizing a Jezebel spirit is specifically spiritual manipulation, the twisting of God's word and the abuse of the gifts of the spirit. When you get that little check in your spirit, you're like, okay, some of that's true, but some of it doesn't feel right. That's an indicator. You know, when when somebody's talking to you and they're like, this is the word of the Lord and you're starting to feel confused, just might be a Jezebel spirit. This might be a manipulative spirit. And so if they're going to do this, we need to be aware of when the Jezebel spirit attacks because she's going to attack people that speak the truth, and you guys are going to be people that speak the truth. So you need to be aware of when she attacks. And she attacks in two places. (laughs) She attacks when you've had a great victory and when you're tired. It's always when you don't expect it. After you've had a great victory, you're like, ah, yeah, I'm doing good. Everything's good. And then boom. I'm telling you, this has happened to me so many times. I can't even count. (laughs) And when I'm tired, and and when I mean tired, just weariness. And so, you know, we see this um, in Elijah. Elijah in 1 Kings, if you're not familiar, he literally prophesies to a nation, calls down fire from heaven. It falls down from heaven. And then Jezebel sees, Jezebel the person sees what he's done, sees his anointing, and she wants to go after him. And he runs like a little boy with his tail between his legs. Dude, dude called fire down from heaven. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, fire down on Jezebel. <laughs> like, burn her to a 
crisp. <laughs> but he doesn't. He runs. He runs because he's intimidated by her. And I'd be lying if I said I hadn't felt the same thing once before. I love the humanity of Elijah, who is literally a man just like you and I. And I can't even imagine how exhausted he was. Dear Lord, I mean, some of us, we spend a whole half a day after the Lord says, hey, go pray for your neighbor or your coworker, and it's like a day's argument with Jesus. And you're like, oh, I don't know, God. I don't know if I'm hearing from you. I don't know. I'm too scared. And your adrenaline's running. You finally pray for that person. You're all done, and you're like, whoa, that was awesome, but I'm tired. Dude, dude preached in front of an entire nation and called down fire from heaven, then dealt with the false prophets. Dude was tired, emotionally exhausted. I can't even imagine, right? So if it's going to come in these times of weaknesses where we're not aware of it uh, or we're not ready for it, then we need to know where the heck it's going to come from. Where is it going to come from? And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to like the answer. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't like the answer. (laughs) It's going to come from someone close to you. It's going to come from a friend or somebody trying to be your friend. This is the hardest reality for me. If you know me for any certain moment, you know I am really friendly. I have been that way my entire life. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're so wonderful. I believe the best in you. I want you to be my best friend. That's just the way that I am, right? And if you say, hey, I want to be your best friend, I'm going to be like, yes, let's do it. Let's be best friends from this day on forever and ever and ever. I'm that girl that was running in the field and just totally like, yes, I believe the best in everybody. And you know what? That's bit me. Just a few times. But one particular time we were youth pastors and we had a couple in our youth ministry and they would hang out every Wednesday after. And just, man, they were speaking my love language, which is quality time, asking me questions about myself. And I was just, whoo, going for it. I'd spend hours with this couple. And then I found out that they were actually just trying to find dirt on me like Jezebel was trying to find on Naboth. (laughs) They couldn't find any. Um, And that's a whole nother story. But that was really hard for me. And honestly, the truth is that I needed to guard my heart. I needed to learn to guard my heart and let people earn a place in my life. And we need to do that too. All of us do. And I mean, that's what my counselor says anyways. I highly recommend a counselor. She really helps. Um, Or he, he really helps. But honestly, all the times that I have had friends that have struggled with this oppressive spirit, I've seen the warning signs. But I have literally not listened to them. And I'm just going to be real here. I made the mistake of allowing unchristlike behavior for fear of losing the relationship. I'm not talking about unsaved people in my life. I'm talking about saved people in my life that I knew if I said something, I would lose the relationship with them. And honestly, it cost me more. Oh my gosh, it cost me so much more. It cost me so much more emotionally, physically, spiritually than if I would have just spoken the truth right away and they would have ended the friendship. In fact, they would have been doing me a favor. And we need to understand that. See, the people that I've dealt with that have this oppressive spirit, man, they lack humility. So hard, right? They can tell you everything that everybody else is doing wrong. But you give the smallest little criticism and boom, it's over. They are going to explode in your face like a firecracker. And if you have that kind of intimidation in your heart about somebody in your life that you're afraid to say anything because they'll explode at you, 
probably dealing with a Jezebel spirit. Or if you're that person and you can't handle it, you need to be open to the fact that you might struggle with this oppressive spirit. Man, when you see somebody that's not humble, dude, you run. (laughs) Dude, you run. You get out of there. I'm just saying run. Because when I was dealing with this, you know, and this was one of the warning signs that I'm talking about, that I had a friend in my life. We're in a big group, right? And what happens in a big group? People say things. They're loud. They take tones. Offense happens. Well, offense happened, right? And the offender was willing to apologize to my friend. But my friend wasn't willing to get forgiveness, And we're not talking like a big offense. We're talking about like a wrong tone, right? I'm sitting there watching my friend with her arms crossed, rolling her eyes as the offender is like sincerely apologizing. And then she just walks off. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit just like sunk in my heart. He's like, this is how it's going to end with this friend for you. And it is. It's exactly how it ended. And that's where I needed to be aware of the signs because I can be gracious with the person, but I can't be gracious with the spirit. I can love the person all day, but I cannot love the spirit. Jesus gave this girl time to repent, right? He, He says, I gave her time to repent. You know why? Because Jesus loves this woman in Thyatira that's being called Jezebel. In fact, Jesus loved the woman Jezebel from 1 Kings, but he hated the spirit. And he was firm with the spirit and he dealt with the spirit. And I'm gonna give you just a little bit of what the Lord's revealing about me and maybe it'll minister to you. But the truth is we don't just wanna love the person, we want them to love us back. And that's where they get control because we want them to love us back. And so we need to settle in our hearts that loving people doesn't always mean that they'll love us back. And if you seem to struggle with multiple Jezebel spirits in your life, the issue might not be her. It might be how you're tolerating her. And we've got to grow in this. We can be gracious with the person, but if they do not repent as a leader, we have to be firm with the spirit. As your leader, I have to be firm with this spirit. I cannot allow an oppressive spirit in our leadership to influence our church. It is my job and my responsibility to guard our church. And it is your responsibility to guard your family as head of your household. And if you are a leader in any arena, whether you're a boss or you own a company or you're a shift manager, it is also your responsibility to get that spirit out of influence where you're at. But can I just say too, it is your responsibility for your life and your heart to not allow a Jezebel spirit over you. You get to choose who's in your inner circle. You can have acquaintances. Maybe this is for me. Some of the introverts is like, ah, I already do that. <laughs> right? But the extroverts are like, yeah, I got to learn to be guarded. Be guarded about who's in your inner circle. Make them earn trust. And who has access to your family? Make them earn it in the same way that you would get a wolf away from the sheep, right? Love the person, hate the sin. Love the person, hate the spirit, I would say. Hate the spirit. And I'm, I'm going to read this because I wrote it, and I feel like it's really powerful. As your pastor, I'm accountable to protect the flock. I need to stop this spirit from operating or intimidating and silencing truth 
in our church, whether people like me for it or not, whether people leave our church over it or not, whether people gossip about me or not, is my responsibility to protect you. The last time I dealt with this spirit, I actually came out more anointed. But I'm not going to lie, it was hard. (laughs) I wanted to quit every step of the way. I had everybody in my ear telling me, just leave. Just leave, just quit. And I didn't. And I am telling you, I've never felt more anointed and I've never seen more God do more through me than that day. I prophesied over 50 or more women over three hours, cast out demons, saw healings like I've never seen before. And so if you're intimidated about the Jezebel spirit, let me just tell you, kick through it. You're going to experience the greatest anointing and see the greatest power and authority you've ever experienced in the spiritual realm. It is worth it, worth it. The person that you're dealing with is actually a very insecure person who loves you and wants acceptance from you, but hates you. The spirit hates you. They love you, but the spirit hates you. And that's why you have to be firm with it. So it's important for us to understand how. How does the spirit manifest? And I'm going to run really quick because I'm taking a little long, but through fear, depression, fatigue, sickness, greater sexual temptation, and idolatry. And you see this big time, right? What what happens to Elijah? He runs in fear. He runs in fear. And I am going to be honest, when it came to this, Tyrone gave me Thyatira, and I was like, heck no. Mm, Me dealt with the Jezebel spirit. I don't want to touch her. I was like, I did, didn't I? I was like, I don't think I want to do this. And a lovely Liz, and through the Holy Spirit, reminded me, I have authority over this spirit. It has no power over me. That I can command this spirit to leave in the name of Jesus, and it has to. Depression. If you're struggling with depression, man, Elijah had some suicidal thoughts, some dark thoughts. You might have a Jezebel spirit attacking you. Might be someone close to you. Fatigue, oh my gosh, he was so tired. I told you a little bit about his tiredness, right? And ravens came and dropped off food for him, and, or the angels. I can't remember if it was ravens or the angels. I should remind my, it was the ravens. Okay, I was right. They gave him a cake, actually. <laughs> he ate, and dude, he went into food coma. He just fell right asleep. He was out, right? And I think the example here is that when we're fatigued, we need to take a nap, and we need to eat cake. It says it right here in the Bible. Eat cake right? But we see sickness too. And this is, this is hard for us. It says he's, you know, in Revelations 2.22, that she's going to like lay on a bed of sickness. And anybody who tolerates or comes into agreement with her in immorality with her is going to be sick. And we're talking about like unusual sicknesses and accidents. In some scripture, in some translations, it says tribulation, So you know, if you're repeatedly struggling with some form of tribulation, you may be allowing a Jezebel spirit to to be in your life. And then the the next two are are obvious because this is what she really operates under, which is greater sexual temptation, because she is basically, this spirit is basically making an excuse for you to move into greater sexual temptation. And idolatry. All idolatry is this, looking to things to make me feel happy. It's basically consumerism, which is rampant in the U.S. It's going from one thing to another because I can't find joy in my relationship with Jesus. 
because Jesus is just not enough. Man, we got to evaluate. So what do we do about this spirit? We do four things. We repent. We take authority over the spirit because it doesn't have authority over us. And the third thing is we break the word curses spoken over us, our family, and our church by these people. And the fourth is we tell this spirit to leave our lives, our family, our workplace, and our church because it doesn't belong and it doesn't have any place. See, God is stronger than this spirit. He has already given victory, and I love how Revelations ends because this promise is pretty powerful. He says, except that you hold tight to what you, I will ask nothing more of you, which means he's not going to put more burden on you, except that you hold tight to what you have until I come. Hold tight to your faith and your trust in Jesus. To all who are victorious, right? And how do you be victorious? Who obey me to the very end. Surrender to the will of the Father. To them I will give authority over the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father. And I will also give them the morning star. I just wanted to, twice authority is mentioned. Twice God wants to give us the same authority he gave to Jesus. This spirit wants to rob us from that authority, but it's time for us to operate in that authority. We are the head, not the tail, church. And I love that he says the morning star. Really, it gives a picture of the sun rising, and it is like nodding towards the return of Christ. But can I be real? Light does not struggle with darkness. When light comes on, the darkness flees. And the same with this spirit. You do not need to walk in any form of intimidation with this spirit because when you turn the light on, she flees. What are you missing out on? What spiritual authority are you missing out on? Because you're tolerating the Jezebel spirit. Let's pray. Would you stand with me? Let's take a few moments and And let's really ask the Holy Spirit, is this spirit coming against me? And maybe you need to ask too, like, is there any demonic spirit coming against me? Sometimes, right, we look at our lives, and I don't don't think we should look for demons around every bush, but like, you know, our teenager's struggling, and we just kind of chalk it up to them being a teenager, but maybe we need to fight in prayer. (laughs) Grab your little army man. Maybe we need to not accept. Maybe you are having multiple sicknesses. What if you fought in prayer? Okay, and we need the Spirit to reveal this to us. Would you just close your eyes and just ask, Holy Spirit, is there any spirit coming at me? Is there a demonic spirit coming against my family or my church that's causing division or unnecessary suffering? I don't want to yoke up with that anymore. I don't want to agree with it. I don't want to tolerate it. Reveal it to me. And then we just need to repent. God, forgive me. 
well, we need to accept his forgiveness. God, I accept your forgiveness for allowing the spirit in my life, for tolerating it, but I renounce it. I don't walk in a spirit of intimidation. I don't tolerate the Jezebel spirit in my life. I'm not going to do that anymore. then why don't we just take authority over it? Get out of my workplace. Get off of my family. Jezebel Spirit, you do not belong in our church. We love the person, but we hate the Spirit, and so we command the Spirit to come off the person that we love, that there would be freedom in this church. Lord, help us to walk in your authority. Help us to stop denying the authority that you have given us by tolerating these demonic spirits in our lives. And God, we take up your authority by surrendering to you and your will and your way. We trust you, Lord. And we don't just say we trust you. We're gonna trust you with our actions and our behavior, God. We're gonna be steadfast in trusting you and you are going to be so faithful to us you already are and have been Hmm. man just the holy spirit speaking to me he's like there's a few things you're holding on to that's a doorway for this and some and and god's speaking that to you would you take a moment and would you lay down that doorway it's a person. Just in case you're wondering, some of you, it's a person. Some of you, it's uh, something you're watching or something you partake in. And you're finding yourself like the Thyatirans and you're needing to make a decision. Am I going to engage in immoral behavior to maintain my financial position? Or am I going to choose God? Or my security, maybe not financial position, but security. Did you take a time to lay that down? Griffin will lead us in worship when we're ready. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.